Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. For you, the listeners of Were You Even Listening, Vinyl Me Please is a record of the month club. The best record club, in fact. Every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. Every month, you get some of the best records shipped directly to your door, along with goodies like art prints, cocktail recipes, and more. To join their record club, go to joinvmp.com backslash WFSE. Again, that's joinvmp.com backslash WFSE to join Vinyl Me Please today. I just won't laugh. I think that's... Just don't laugh at all. Just don't laugh at all throughout the podcast, which is going to be hard. Or if I do have to laugh, I'll just... (laughs) Just lean back. Even then, you almost peaked it. So (laughs) this will be interesting to figure out really how this is going to go. I'm anyway, so excited. You're tuned into episode 13 Wait. of Were You Even Listening? I hate when you do that. Today we're going to be celebrating the very special 10th anniversary of a bunch of different albums that came out in 2008. So stay tuned for that right here on Were You Even Listening? Make sure you're listening. <laughs> I would if I were you. Here's our intro music. <laughs> It is February 27th, 2018, and we are here counting down some of the best, rec- well, some great records that came out in March 2018 in sort of a 10-year retrospective type deal. But before we get to that, what have you been listening to, Natalie? Well, um, kind of lately I've been on a bit of like girl power, the girls kind of. The girls. The girls. Yeah. Um, namely Banks, Zella Day, Florence and the Machine. Um, mm. Lana Del Rey, uh, Marina and the Diamonds, uh, kind of in that realm, uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, honestly, all the girls, <laughs> all You're the feeling girls. it for Women's History Month, March? I mean, that wasn't why, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, good. Great. It's good to have themes. Yeah. What have you been listening to? What have I been listening to? Um, well, aside from going back and revisiting all of these albums that we're talking about today, um, I've been listening to a lot of kind of thematically similar but different music. Um, I've been compiling a playlist called Pastel Heart, which is like mm-hmm. sort of a, a cross between like lo-fi punk and also Blood Orange and Little Dragon and JSOM. Um, it's actually... I'm making it public right now on Spotify Ooh, if you want to check it out. It's finally ready yeah. for public consumption. Yeah, it's a, it's like 35 songs, um, and I've been compiling it for the last couple of days, so I've been listening to it a lot recently. Um, specifically, Face Down in the Gutter of Your Love by Dent May, Trophy Daughter by Sir Back, and Sugar by Reverend Baron. I'm so. analyzing it right now because I just pulled it up. Yeah. Um... I it's like a, Tops. We it's played a lot of Tops songs stuff. on yeah. Subverse, um, The Hollow yeah. Sound of the Morning Chimes. I love that song. Um, that's a good one. Jay Som is good, mm-hmm. like you said earlier mm-hmm. that you had that on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the new Little Dragon song mm-hmm. is on there. Yeah, um, 
I wasn't really expecting there to be a new single from Little Dragon so soon after their last album, but right. I'm I'm okay with it because like it feels more like their older stuff to me. Yeah, what's up? You you have a you have a face. There's a face. There's a face because I didn't know you listened to the Duke Spirit. Yeah. I like the Duke Spirit. I never knew that about you. I'm full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But yeah. So so that's what I've been getting into. Um Is there any news that you want to discuss before we really dive deep into 2008? Um, Well, the Pitchfork lineup was actually just released. And me and um, Sarah Cachon, who is the host of Femme Radio uh, on Wednesdays, we've been doing a show together on Mondays, sometimes accompanied by Mm -hmm. Britain whenever you're available, um, to to take place of Weird Wednesdays, Subverse, and Femme. But we were talking about, like, prior to the lineup being announced, we were talking yesterday about um, who we'd want to go and who might possibly be there. And we said Tame Impala, just as kind of like saying, wow, I'd really love for Tame yeah, Impala I mean, to go to another great. festival. It's fun, been a yeah. while. And, well, not been a while. They were at Panorama last year. but And then it, they're, they're headlining. So I was just like, oh, okay, we predicted that one. It's fine. We talked about it for a solid three minutes on air, <laughs> and we were right. So. A three-minute talk break on air at 1 o'clock? I'm exaggerating. It wasn't Natalie, that Natalie, <laughs> surprised that at you. You know me. I, o- I over-exaggerate everything. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that was cool. And also, um, Dram is going, too. Mm-hmm. Drum. Drum. Mm-hmm. Drum. Drum. You didn't correct me when I said Dram every other time that no, I said it. No, I was waiting. It. So I was waiting. Thanks to, for to never drop that, correcting that me every time now. I've said that. Yeah, of course. You're welcome. I was on such a good streak of pronouncing <laughs> things right too. Now you just ruined it. I'm We're sorry. back to square one. I'm sorry. Um, you also may have noticed that at the start of this episode, that should have been maybe like three minutes ago at this point. Um, you heard a sponsor from Vinyl Me, please. Um, the best damn record club. The best damn record club. We talked about them basically every episode. Yeah. So we, it kind of just made it, sense. It made at sense this point. for them to be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. So so with that, um, you get whatever plan you want, and then it helps support our radio station um, and the Edinburgh Now Podcast Network. So support us, and it's also genuinely just a great subscription to have. Yeah. Like we have it. It's good. If you're already a subscriber, you can go through our link to like renew your next month, mm-hmm. and it'll still. It'll still count and all that. So thank you in advance for that. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Vinyl Me Please. So, Natalie, 2008. What a year. What a year 2008 was. It was Obama's first year in office. Yeah, I mean, 2008 was... I never really thought about that being such a great year for music. And then when we looked back, I was like, wow. Kind of what? There is so much there was a lot that, that came out in 2008. Like, March is kind of stacked, like by itself um which is why we have so many things to talk about on this episode but i compiled a whole list of things that i listened to that came out in 2018 and sent it via text message in in what may have been five text messages right it was it was a lot yeah it was one for me because i have an android but it's whatever so Folly Adu came out. Pretty odd. Dance Gavin Dance's self-titled. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. By Does It Defend You? Yeah. Fantasy Black Channel. In Ghost Colors. Dear, Dear Science. Science. 808s and Heartbreaks. Saturdays Equals Youth. Made in the Dark. Narrow, Narrow stairs. stairs. Antidotes. Oracular Spectacular. Three Doors Downs. Three Doors Down. Arms Way by Islands. No Virginia. The Fame. The Rum Line. Intimacy by Block Party. Who Killed Amanda Palmer? Funhouse by Pink. Circus by Britney Spears. 
All eyes have me in the center of a ring. Just like a circus. A <laughs> hundred million suns. If by mindless self-indulgence. Introducing by Foxy Shazam. Elephant Shell by Tokyo Police Club. There's so many albums. You had a hot take earlier that I was like, that's a bold statement to make. Yeah, um, I think it definitely remains that as far as like alternative music goes and like the kind of birth of our modern take on alternative music, I think 2008 is probably one of the best years, like the side of the millennium as far as that goes. Like 2007 and 2008 were both really good years for that, mm-hmm. I think. I, I, we were talking about, after you said that, I was like, I would like to counterpoint with 2011 was a great year, mm-hmm. this side of the millennium, mm-hmm. um, because that had Torches, Trilogy, House of Balloons, All the Mixtapes, um, Ceremonials. Yeah. There was so yeah. much Vices and Virtues. Born This Way. Take Care of the Drake album. The Color Spectrum by the Deer Hunter. Taking Back Sundays, Taking Back Sunday. St. Vincent's There's Strange so Mercy. Blue Ritual Slide U- Park. Oh, Ritual Union, Little Hell by City in Color. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a whole lot. We could literally just make the rest of the episode us listing album names that we listened to. <laughs> but instead of doing that, um, we're going to dive into things that are turning 10 this month and sort of near this month. Yeah, there's two that are outside of this month, of but they're now. close enough that and good enough that we're going to include yeah. them too. Yeah, so um, we both kind of gave each other an album that we didn't listen to a whole lot of when it came out. Um, so for me, it was Last Night by Moby, and for Natalie, it was In Ghost Colors by Cut Copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we want to get into those first, and then... Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can do those first. Okay, great. Great. Go ahead. Okay, so Ghost Colors by Cut Copy was released March 22nd, 2008. They are a band out of Australia, and it was co-produced by Tim Goldsworthy. Wow. Great. All Thanks, the fun, Tim. all the fun facts for you. Um, but my <laughs> takeaways from this album, because I hadn't listened to it when it came out, um, was it was I felt like it was kind of blurring the line between electric and punk rock. Right. I, I felt that a lot. It reminded me a lot of um, a band we're going to talk about later called Does It Offend You? Yeah, in the sense that it kind of has the essence of Daft Punk a little bit, but like, and maybe a little bit of Amberlin, just like a little bit. Yeah. Very small, but, like, that's kind of what I thought. And my top tracks for it, I thought We Fight for Diamonds was really good, which I know is a weird pick, considering it's an interlude, sort of. But I really responded well to it. Sure, sure. And it's, like, only a minute long, but you could just keep replaying it, and it would be great. And you could listen to the background of whatever you're doing. And then that song transitioned into Unforgettable Season is, like, a flawless transition. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I think most of the album had really good transitions like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it flows really well. Um, were those the only two that you had? As far I also as... had Far Away is my oh, other sure. top track. That's That's interesting, because, like, the ones that were popular from this album when it came out and still kind of to this day for cut copy were lights and music hearts on fire and nobody lost nobody found and like those were the three that i always kind of gravitated to and then the rest of the album kind of fills in in between those and like it's still really strong obviously i'm just like so hipster that i like the ones that nobody else (laughs) likes (laughs) sure okay overall rating i'd probably give it like a 6.5 i think like if this had come out today yeah, you would I, give it like if, a 6. I would 5. give it a 6.5. Okay. All right. See, I thought you were going to like really like it, which is why that's the one I gave you instead of Does It Defend You? Yeah. But it turns I, out... It turns like, out it was kind of the, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, I thought that you would like the kind of like new like disco thing that's kind of I mean, I did like it. Album. I enjoyed it. 
Right. But, like, I really responded to does it offend you, yeah, mm-hmm. like, a lot. So why don't you get into um, Moby? Sure. Um, so, like, in Ghost Colors, and you have no idea what you're getting yourself into, um, 2008 and 2007 were really gigantic years for, like, electronic dance music and house and kind of the beginnings of dubstep, almost, kind of, um, kind of taking hold in the music industry. And Last Night is definitely, like, a more dance-focused yeah. Moby album um, compared to, like, Play or right. or his other work. Like, it's start to finish, it's, like, 65 minutes long, and every song on there is, like, club like you are dancing like it is hot there's like a thousand people here it's really loud um but that being said like it brings back that late 90s early 2000s electronic while still kind of making it which at the time was kind of contemporary Mm -hmm. so like it, it kind of refreshed the like late 90s um like labouche stuff and early 2000s and it has like that very specific like kind of tinny bass and um loud really obnoxious drums and that certain tone like that's the certain tone of beeps and boops you guys can't see this but he's like dancing while he's doing like those certain (laughs) beeps and boops that were found in 90s early 2000s dance music like better like the better off alone dance mix that beeping it's like that on this album um, it's obviously, it's a really long album in comparison to a lot of the things that we listened to this week. Um, but it kind of, it flows long enough and well enough that like, it didn't really seem to be that big of a deal. Um, like I never got really tired of listening to it. Oh yeah. Well, ooh yeah, I guess technically it's I like, I love that song. It's a really fun opener. And I mean, you've been listening to it a lot yeah. recently. Before we even knew that it was a 10 year anniversary, I just, mm-hmm. I was just kind of just listening to it just to listen to it. <laughs> Um, it's so good. It just reminds me of, like, we're having a pool party, and mm. it's a good time, and fun. I love to move in here, and Every Day is 1989, both I really, really liked. Um, Every Day is 1989 gave me, like, Street Fighter Three Third Strike realness, and that was really cool. Live for Tomorrow, I think, is my favorite song on there. It's just, like, it's really well-rounded, and it feels like an extension of play, um, and it's still really, really good. Live for Tomorrow which I just mentioned. <laughs> I'm in Love gives me, like, Dance Dance Revolution kind of feeling. Like, that, that would be, like, a five-star song on there. Um, and something that I always look to in albums is, like, things that make me want to, like, get out and start punching things, obviously, as you know. It's a great feeling. And um, The Stars, I think, is probably the one on here specifically that I would definitely punch things to. Um, the instrumental jams on here, so two six seven zero and Sweet Apocalypse are both really really good. And I think Sweet Apocalypse is probably one of the songs on here that I would actually come back to regularly. Um, like I definitely feel like I will be listening to that song long after I kind of move past this album. So it's great. Like overall, it's really really solid. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that it's not as talked about as much as Play is. Yeah, I think I think Play gets all the play. To be honest. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. <laughs> And um, this one still has some really, really good songs on it, so I enjoyed it. Well, stay tuned, and we're going to get into the rest of the albums that we both listen to. There's some good ones. Extensively. There's some really good ones. So make sure you're listening. So where are you even listening? 
are you even listening? <laughs> Ten-year anniversary talk. Pretty odd. Panning at the disco. Okay, so this album is like so hard to talk about because it's like it's very important to me. Um, like when it came out, all of my friends really listened to it, and we all loved it, and we played it all of the time, like all the time. Whenever we were together, this is like the only thing we listened to, really. Um, and, like, when Nine in the Afternoon first came out, when the single came out, um, I immediately bought it on iTunes, put it on our family iPod shuffle, um, and listened to it for two hours straight. Like As you should. Right. Yeah. I mean, as, like, a 12-year-old child, that's what you do, really. Um, and I drew, like, I was so inspired by it that I drew art for it with, like, these two people, and they have really big eyes, and then, like, there's a clock in the back, and it has, it's at 9 o'clock, and I'm like, damn, this is great. This is amazing. Your eyes are the size of the moon. You could, because um, you can, so you do. It's honestly, like, while I don't think it's ultimately as strong, quote-unquote, as Fever You Can't Sweat Out, I think Pretty Odd is almost just as good. It's just a different... Obviously, it's a different sound. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I remember at the time when it came out, because I had already become a big Panic! at the Disco fan because of A Fever You Can't Sweat right. Out. And I just remember it was, like, a really ambitious project for them at the time mm-hmm. because it was so unlike A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. And for me, I think it's definitely the runner-up for me in terms of my favorite Panic! at the Disco project. Um, I was really debating. I was kind of going back and forth between Vices and Virtues and Pretty Odd as to what would be my favorite. Right. And I think for Pretty Odd, I just think that, like, there's just something about it. I think it's more of a front-to-back listen, whereas Vices and Virtues, there's a few really good songs on it. Right. But I don't like the whole package as much as I like the whole package of Pretty Odd. I agree. I think Vices and Virtues was, like, it was kind of the in-between um, for me, like between Pretty Odd and, and Fever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of similar pieces from both of them just kind of thrown together. Pretty Odd obviously has like like orchestral stuff on like almost every track, basically. Um, that kind of pulls it along and it's not used as sparingly as it is in Fever. Like it, it kind of threw away the whole electronic yeah, aspect yeah. of the band for, for a while. More or less. Yeah, and I think that's another reason why I like it so much. Like songs like Northern Downpour. Those songs, those are just kind of songs that just make you go like, I just love the way this sounds. Yeah. You know? Well, at least in my opinion. No, I, I agree. Um, um, and then I just, I honestly forgot because I listened back to it and I forgot like how great the transitions were song to song. Like, <laughs> I mean, the transition between Nine in the Afternoon to She's a Handsome Woman is really good. And, like, even we're so starving into nine in the afternoon. Yeah. It's like, it just, it, that's the thing. Like, the whole, all of them flowed. Yeah. Like, literally the whole thing you hear, flows. Like, you hear bits of the last song going into the next mm-hmm. song in multiple tracks. Like, not just in a couple of them. In multiple tracks, you hear that. Yeah. And that really just makes it so, like, like I love that about it. 
When it first came out, a lot of people didn't love it for obvious reasons. Um, and they were like, it's just, they're just kind of ripping off of Sgt. Pepper from Beatles. And like, while that was obviously an inspiration, I think more, it's more Pet Shop Boys, first of all, than I think it is Sgt. Pepper. But like, it's, it's so unique. And at the time, for like a quote unquote emo band to do this, I think was kind of really important. Because at the time, emo, like, all of the quote-unquote emo music had sounded almost exactly the same for a very long time. And then this album came out, and then we started to see more kind of delineation from that bass template of dark-sounding, Baroque-inspired, um, like, almost goth stuff, or, like, the Taking Back Sundays mm-hmm. of, of the world. Right. Before Taking Back Sunday, obviously. Yeah, I think I think it was definitely different in terms of that scene that they were in. Mm-hmm. It was it was something different, which again is probably some of the reasons it wasn't like received that well at, at first. Yeah. But um, I definitely think I mean favorite tracks, Nine in the Afternoon because you can't not sing along to it or like dance to it. Like I dare you to try. It's not possible. And I also really like She's a Handsome Woman. Um, yeah is really good um they they were on they were both on rock band too which was fun um i used to play them literally all the time did you like rock band or guitar hero better i um well i started off with guitar hero and then i got rock band and stayed with rock band that's that's pretty much exactly what happened to me yeah yeah and i still i still play rock band oh so do i is that is that not like a thing people do because i do that yeah no i every time i'm home i play a whole lot of rock band um, got to keep my high scores and stuff. <laughs> um, um, I think, like, from 9 in the afternoon until when the day met the night, it all is, like, almost a perfect series of songs, I think. Right. I, I don't necessarily think that second quote-unquote half has that strong connection that those songs do, but they're still, like, thematically, lyrically, musically, they're all, they're all obviously connected. Like, nothing feels disjointed here. Um, but my, my favorites were always When the Day Met the Night and Nine in the Afternoon and I Have Friends in Holy Spaces, actually. I love that song so much. I used to play it all the time, even though it was really short. It was a good time. That's great. It's still, it's still a very important So it's, it's actually one of the few on this list that I feel like I would regularly go back to. Yeah. You know, like some, some of the, the albums on this list that we're talking about were like, great yeah but it's not like i'll probably go back to them too much i mean i will because this is all stuff i grew up listening to right basically you were very excited about these. i was so <laughs> excited about this episode yeah i'd say out of the 10 that we were talking about probably like seven of them i still listen to other than the fact that we listen to it for this podcast so. um there's only one on here. Maybe there's two. There's two on here that I I'm not really gonna probably listen to as often, because um, I just don't already do right. that basically. Um, but yeah, it's it was interesting going back and seeing just how much music came out in this just this month alone. Right. That kind of influenced a lot of things that I still listen to um, today. Which kind of relates back to two weeks ago when we had that article 
um, about like what you listened to on your yeah your twelve and thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Like when my year was two thousand. Was it two thousand nine or two thousand ten? I, yeah, I think yours was two thousand eight, and then mine was two thousand seven. Oh, haha. Yeah. I got two thousand eight. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I definitely think that music you grow up to listening to definitely has that mm-hmm. kind of impact, and we talked about that um, when we talked about that article um, a couple weeks ago. Um, but the next album that we have is an M83 album. It is. And also one that came out in April. Yeah. <laughs> this one actually came out April 11th, but it's close enough and it is good enough that we're including it on our 10-year anniversary 10 albums. So, um, I think aside from Hurry Up, We're Dreaming, this one is probably one of the more solid M83 albums. Um, it has some of, I think personally, I think their best songs. It has We Own the Sky, Up, Graveyard Girl. Um, Kim and Jesse. I was gonna say Kim and Jesse if you yeah. didn't. Um, yeah, I really like it honestly. Like, I think I like Hurry Up We're Dreaming better. Yeah, yeah. But I still like I don't know, especially Too Late. Mm-hmm. Too Late was the first M eighty three song I I heard. Um, and then when I heard that, I just, like, sat down and cried because <laughs> it made me that emotional. This, and this was not, an emotional album, though. It's not often that I literally just, like, I hear a song and I just, just cry sob. from it. Yeah. Like, And I seriously, like, it's on my list of, like, the most beautiful songs in the whole wide world. Like, I think if you haven't listened to it, go do it. Yeah. My, um, my friends always listen to this one when it was a sad time. Like, mm-hmm. this was, like, an emotional kind of more introspective. Um, as sad as you can be about something at age, between ages, like, 12 and 15, like, that was that was it. And it was more kind of realized sadness than, like, My Chemical Romance, which is just, like, shouting. That's more, like, angst, I it, would yeah, think, than yeah. sadness. Yeah, that's angsty. <laughs> um, so, like, we graduated. We went from angst to just... <laughs> pure unadulterated sad so (laughs) um but yeah that that was always a good one and then Foles' first album antidotes um is still one of my favorite albums um it's not like super high on my list of favorite albums but it's up there um Foles was like they're kind of more radio friendly now yeah but this album was really fun it's like it's punk, it's sort of electronic, it's part of that whole, like, 2006, 2007, 2008 wave of, like, really good alternative electronic British music. As I literally, like, in my notes, I was like, oh, here we go, another British punk band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, exactly. Like, it was, it was part of that era. Um, and kind of just like Interpol, they've had a really similar trajectory in the sense that, like, their first album is the one that everyone really loves. And then from there, you have, like, kind of less and less old fans sticking around. Because, like, a lot of people really don't like, didn't like their one album, Holy Fire, even though it's really good. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cassius is still a bop, and that music video is wild if you haven't watched it yet. I haven't. Can you, should, you should watch give it. Give me a synopsis, like, really? Um, there's just a lot of, like, meat. Okay, that definitely makes me <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked Heavy Water. Um, so. Yeah. Heavy Water, um, Electric Bloom, um, Red Sox Pugie, Olympic Airways, Tron, Hummer. 
I, I could just list the whole album basically because I just I I love it from start to finish. Um, it it was so unique at the time. I think just like Pretty Odd was unique for that. It was just like it was really well realized electronic. It's like it wasn't just that. Mm-hmm. It was it was punk first, electronic second, which is the opposite of does defend you. Yeah, basically, but yeah, but they're similar. Sort of. I, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. So why, question mark, is still a pretty good band. Um, but I didn't find them until later, like, in life. I didn't really listen to them in 2008 when this album came out. Yeah, I, this is one of the ones, like, honestly, like, about half, over half the albums on this list I had listened to before when they came out. But this is one of the ones that I, when we were looking back through... Um, albums that came out March 2008 um, this was one of the ones that I had not even heard of honestly yeah. Like I, I had never heard of it before this but when I was listening to it hear me out here I really felt like I wanted to make a comparison to Julian Plenty and sure. I don't know why because it's not a Julian Plenty song or even like his music or his side project. So I don't know why I felt that. I don't know. Something in, something <laughs> in the voice. I don't know. Is it like like the tone? I think that's it. I think yeah. it's the way he sings. Yeah. I think reminds it's, me. It's um it I could I, I think I, I understand where you're coming from. And let me just I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the I'm gonna pull it up right now. Yeah, like Yoni Wolf's vocals are really kind of unconventional. I think is the best way to put it. Um, because most of the time it's not like singing. It's kind of like talking <laughs> with a, with, with emotion. Um, and Paul Banks also sounds, sounds like that. Yeah. So I, I would understand kind of the, the combination because Paul Banks has like that really weird kind of like almost high pitch, but not really voice. It's kind of like, not whiny, but like. I think whiny was whiny. Way to describe that, actually. especially, and I mean on on Julian Plenty, it's really just it's just him talking. Yeah, like that's it. Um, so like you kind of hear that with these few presidents and Nashville, I think, on this album. Goodbye Blues by the Hush Sound also came out in March. March eighteenth, to be exact. And. While I will 100% admit it is not the strongest album on this list that we have. It's definitely more, stands out the most in terms of its genre, I guess. Because it felt very early indie 2000s. Yeah, no, that's, you know? that is 100% what it was. Yeah. Um, so the Hush sound... We're on Fueled by Ramen with Panic at the Disco and with Paramore and Fall Out Boy. Um, when they were on, when they were on there, well, Fall Out Boy wasn't really on Fueled by Ramen. They were, at, whatever, regardless. Um, their album, like Vines, was really good and it was well received and everything, and that came out in two thousand six. And then this one came out, and there's only like really like two songs on it that are actually very good. Um, Ooh, I want to know if your two songs are the same as my two songs. Okay. Well, mine's Honey and Medicine Man. Oh, wow. Nope. Okay. Nope. Mine was um, Break the Sky and Hospital Bed Crawl. 
I like those too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just um, so like they haven't had really anything since they had like two singles a couple years ago, really. But that's it. Um, Greta Salpeter, though, who is the main lead singer, um, has worked on other things and was also on the Fueled by Ramen rock opera Razia's Shadow um, as, like, the female lead oh. alongside Brendan Urie and okay. Casey Crescenzo from The Deer Hunter and Max Bemis from Max Say Anything. Bemis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now it's a party. So that's, that <laughs> is another thing to bring up. Um, I'm going to check what year that came out, actually, because if that's 2008, I'll, oh, my God, it was 2008. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it, it, 2008 keeps winning. Um, I I listened, it, this came out in October, so it's kind of unrelated, and it's also the last project that Forgive Durden really ever released, but it was a whole, like, rock, rock opera musical thing with Saves the Day, Panic at the Disco, Say Anything, Me Without You, Portugal the Man, The Hush Sound, Deer Hunter, and Gatsby's American Dream, and some other ones. So it's like, it's a whole mess of people. Um, That's like a lot to combine to. Like, yeah. A lot of different sounds. Yeah, and there's some really good songs, actually, from it that are still really good um, that I will share at some point, I'm sure. But, um... Great. Yeah, Feel by Ramen was lit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that brings us to Does it offend you, yeah? If you say so A band named after a quote from the British office. Like I love it. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. You don't. Yeah, I had no idea <laughs> what I was getting myself into when I listened to this. Um, this was one of those few that I actually had never listened to before. We decided to talk about it. It's super not and shocking to me that you haven't heard this before, but uh, no, I got definitely. very excited as soon as you started listening to it. Um, like, wow, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was released March 24th with Virgin Records and produced by Elliot James. It's the... I'm going to quote what you said in the car earlier today. Mm-hmm. The 2008 is so palpable. Like, you can feel it, yeah. <laughs> you can feel um, it. Specifically on this album. Um, they are all over the place. This band is all over the place, and this album specifically is all over the place. But um, if nothing else, it has, like, a theme to it it's very loud very very in your face very angry british electronic punk and that's exactly what i needed but then you get dawn of the dead and being bad feels pretty good and epic last song and it's like more conventional alternative style songs and that's what i noticed too like at first when i was listening i was like okay this sounds very kind of like daft punk like electronic thing going on here and then as you get further into it especially when dawn of the dead starts it just becomes punk and not daft mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes back again and yeah. i'm just like wow, there's a roller coaster of emotions here but i love it they dj'd a bunch of a bunch of things um before going on tour for their second album don't say we didn't warn you um 
And those are the only two albums that they ever released, even though they've also had, just like the Hushdown, they've had a couple songs like on Facebook that then mysteriously disappeared. But I'm, this is one of those bands that I'm just so, so pissed that stopped making music. Like, I loved this album so much. And their second album. Um, they worked with Block Party. They made festival appearances at literally every festival. Like, they they should have been really big by all accounts. Mm-hmm. But they weren't. Um, I remember seeing them on the Thousand Sons World Tour, the Lincoln Park show. What a combo. Um, they were also with The Prodigy. It was um, Lincoln Park, The Prodigy, and Does It Offend You? Yeah. And Prodigy played Everyone Was Going Wild over Firestarter or whatever the hell other songs they have. I don't remember to this day. Does It Offend You? Yeah came on. They played their opener. Um, James Rushnett, the lead singer, like knocked his keyboard off the stand. It was like, do you know who the fuck we are? And everyone was like, no. And I was just in the back just screaming like, yeah, because I was so excited for this. And they played like five songs and then Lincoln Park came on. And I was just like, that was at that moment. That was the happiest like experience (laughs) because I loved this band so much. Um, And then they disappeared. So it's like, it's very bittersweet. It's tale. very bittersweet because this album is great. Like, it's it's a lot, and if you don't like electronic, you're not gonna like right. a majority of this album. But Dawn of the Dead is still really good. Dawn of the Dead was my favorite, followed immediately by With a Heavy Heart. I regret to inform you. Sure. Um, those were both really good. I liked the um, growling in With a Heavy Heart. Mm. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> and then. Um, you know the intro is amazing. You know it's like it's like borderline dubstep EDM. Right. It's it like sounds like an EDM song I've heard once. Actually, I just can't think of the name. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna. I cannot recommend this album enough or their second album. Like pull out my insides and we are the dead and monkeys are coming and wrong time wrong planet and also the knife and broken arms. Honestly, their whole second album is really 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 good. Um, but wrong time wrong planet's like one of my favorite songs of all time. So, you know, if you care about anything that I like or if you like things that I also like and have had done that <laughs> throughout history of this podcast, please, I implore you to check it out. It's a good song to, like, drive around and scream to. Most of these are, yeah. Which is exactly what we did. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's great. Next, uh, Play Radio Play. Yeah. So this album was also one that I didn't really listen to, um when it came out i knew it existed but i didn't really listen to it much anyway um local commotion maddie don't leave and my attendance is bad but my intentions are good are all kind of pretty good still kind of um i mean that was uh my top tracks were my attendance is bad but my intentions are good and some crap about the furniture yeah like they were all made by one guy it it's very like hello goodbye borderline kind of like the, the the style of music that hello goodbye and almost say anything it, uh, like like songwriting okay specifically not like the way it sounds like, not the, like these, max bemis like <laughs> <laughs> no like it doesn't sound like a say anything song but they're like i feel like there's a spiritual kind of connection i could, I could see that between those different bands it was there was like 
so much electro pop in 2008. Like, damn, mm -hmm. March was prime for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, people knew what they wanted, and people <laughs> were going to get it. But yeah, it's it's definitely not my favorite album that's on here. Um, but considering the fact that it was, like, the only full release, technically speaking, um, from from this band, quote-unquote, it's kind of... It's kind of noteworthy. Yeah. Agreed. And then our 10th album for our 10-year anniversary talk, we finally got Devotion by Beach House. This was actually released February 26th yeah, of 2008, but it's close, close enough. enough. Yeah. <laughs> it also kind of coincides with the fact that it's Final Me Please's record of the month. Mm -hmm. And don't forget that if you sign up <laughs> with a subscription by March 19th, you will get this record. And you can use www.joinv. <laughs> mp.com backslash wfse and honestly it looks very pretty mm -hmm. it's excited. it's I'm really pretty yeah and I'm, I'm super excited for it So Devotion has a lot of really good. Devotion has a lot of really good al uh, albums, songs on it. Like pretty much start to finish, it's kind of just like an emotive yeah. moment. It's I love like the whole dream pop mm -hmm. thing going on. <laughs> yeah. I had like yeah, a thought buddy. and then I lost it. But <laughs> um, I really like. I mean, top tracks for me were Heart of Chambers mm -hmm. and. Gilla. Sure. I'm. I was looking to you to like see if that's how you pronounce I mean, it. Probably. Okay. Well, anyways, it. if I pronounce it wrong, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but that was sampled by the weekend actually on trilogy for Loft House. Mm -hmm. So I have a special connection to it through that. And actually. A special connection. <laughs> shut up. All right. <laughs> no, but um, I actually like, the weekend is how I found Beach House because when I listened to um, you know House of Balloons and stuff when that came out, I found out that he sampled Beach House on several songs. So that's yeah. how I found the band. So I found Beach House because my friend used Heart of Chambers on the soundtrack to a documentary we made in high school. Aww. So that's that's how I found them. Um, and then I went back, obviously, and. I think the whole album is really good, but Heart of Chambers is still the one that really stands out to me as, like, a favorite. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorites. So, I'm really excited to, to listen to that one yeah. that comes in. It's going to be great. I'm pumped. Great. Well, thanks for listening to us ramble yeah. incessantly no, about these ten albums. Thank you. That came out ten years ago. Ten whole years ago. Um, let us know what whole you think decade let us know what you think about these albums specifically um on facebook or twitter or you know or any other ones that you yeah. really liked that we didn't talk about yeah what else came out in march yeah. that we didn't talk about that you really liked let us know because 2008 it turns out is a really good year for a yeah. lot of different things you can comment on your our soundcloud feed if you're listening to this on soundcloud mm -hmm. if not you know whatever 
Great. Great. If not, you know, whatever. <laughs> there's other ways. <laughs> You'll find a way where there's a will, there's a way. Well, thank you for listening to episode 13 of Were You Even Listening? See you next week. Here's our outro music. <laughs>